welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Welcome. It's me, Eric Erickson, across the nation. 404, oh, wait, wrong number. Gosh, that's a brain fart, isn't it? <laughs> 877, that's it, 877-973-7425. I shouldn't be reading right as I go on air. It distracts me. Now, I, 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 we got we to gotta talk about some polling that's out there. I got an email the other day by someone. He he wasn't it wasn't an angry email. It, it wasn't hate. It was just inquiry. Why are you citing polling? Uh, given your own admission that uh, polling has kind of been farcical of late. Well, the key is to figure out who are the good pollsters and who are the bad pollsters, and and read the underlying data within the polling. Uh, in large part, uh, live operator telephone polling. Uh, that includes mobile phones, still got 2022 pretty good. The problem was that the mass of polls that were out there in 2022 were online polls or polls that undercounted mobile numbers. There were a lot of robo polls. Uh, the, the Trafalgar polling actually is what threw off most of the polling. If you deleted the Trafalgar polling nationwide, you suddenly would have seen 2022, a clearer picture of 2022. You and I wouldn't have believed it based on our sense of what was actually happening, but it turned out that uh, the Trafalgar polling and a lot of the the other Republican robo-polling out there produced a lot of polls that gave Republicans more confidence than they should have had and skewed the picture of what was happening on the ground. You got rid of those bad polls you would have seen a more accurate snapshot. The polling in 2022 was only as bad as a lot of the Republican pollster robo-polling. There are bad polls out there, though. And the reason I'm talking about polling today is actually because of a bad poll that is encouraging Democrats. And so maybe we should be encouraged by the bad polling being circulated out there. This in particular uh, is a poll from USA Today Ipsos. The USA Today Ipsos polling shows that 56% of those surveyed say the term woke means, quote, to be informed, educated on, and aware of social issues. That includes not only three-fourths of Democrats, but also more than a third of Republicans. 39% say instead the word reflects what has become the GOP political definition, to be overtly Political, overly political, politically correct, and police others' words. 56% of Republicans have that view. Now, this is the conclusion. The findings raise questions about whether Republican campaign promises to ban policies at schools and workplaces they denounce as woke could boost a contender in the party's primaries, but put them at odds with broader public opinion in the general election. Independence by 5145 say woke means being aware of social injustice, not being overly politically correct. Most Americans understand that to be woke is to be tuned into injustices around us. But for a key segment of Republicans who make up the Trump-DeSantis base, woke is a clear trigger for the worst of the politically correct emerging multicultural majority. That's Cliff Young of Ipsos. Now, who is the emerging multicultural majority? I personally think that's actually contrary to what, what the pollsters think. The Republicans, when you look at the shift of Hispanic voters, Asian voters, black voters. But but get this. This is why I dwell on this poll. USA Today has this entire thing. The left is trotting this out today to say, look, Ron DeSantis, the Republicans, they're overplaying their hands. Most Americans actually believe that woke means fighting social injustice. Now, question. 
does it actually mean that or is the actual person answering the polling actually just giving the pollster the answer of they this is what woke is supposed to mean to the left i actually think it's the other but this is what the the left means the these sorts of polls are bad polls they they're not good polls it is easy. The, the more accurate polls are who do you support, DeSantis, Trump, whoever, and, and you still get wild swings with that. These sorts of polls of asking Americans these public policy questions are never quite that accurate. And when you, on top of that, are asking about woke and people fear getting canceled, it's it's a bigger question of whether or not they're accurate. And yet so much of the left today is excited about this poll. But let me read you the methodology of the poll. I'm sorry. I saw this this morning after after getting this poll and after reading it, and I was just gobsmacked by the methodology that, that people are actually embracing this poll as if it's some big thing. Listen to this. The survey was conducted using Knowledge Panel. And you're like, well, what the heck is Knowledge Panel? Well, it is the largest and most well-established online probability-based panel that is representative of the adult U.S. population. Our recruitment process employs a scientifically developed address-based sampling methodology using the latest delivery sequence files of the U.S. Postal Service, a database with full coverage of all delivery points in the U.S. households invited to join the panel are randomly selected from all available households in the U.S. Persons in the sampled households are invited to join and participate in the panel. Those selected who do not already have Internet access are provided a tablet or Internet connection at no cost to the panel member. Those who join the panel and who are selected to participate in a survey are sent a unique password-protected login used to complete surveys online. In other words, it's not a random sample. It's not a random sample. It's people who they select based on a post office file who, if they don't have a computer, are given a tablet, who then are given a push notification, we have a poll you want to participate in, and then they got to go actively participate in it. Really, this is where they get their data from. And then they weight it according to age, race, ethnicity, education, census, region, metropolitan. This, this, is the, this is where they actually get their data. Wow. Wow. If the Democrats want to run with this, I say let them. If the Democrats want to run with an online poll from USA Today Ipsos, let them and see what actually happens. And and the reason I say that is, does your observation, now I realize we're all biased, and I know most of my audience leans conservative, but in your real day-to-day reactions, what, what, what do you really think? What do you think? Here's, here's the tell. Here's the tell. Chris Rock has a special out on Netflix right now. He goes after the wokes. The wokes are the punchline in part of his, one of his bits. And everybody laughs. Neil Brennan is another comedian with a Netflix special. Netflix is really getting into stand-up comedy to segment themselves from HBO Max and Apple TV Plus and the like. Neil Brennan was the co-creator of The Chappelle Show. He's got a segment that's on the wokes. They're the butt of jokes. 
Dave Chappelle has an entire stand-up that is almost entirely ridiculing and blasting the wokes. Andrew Santino has a new one on Netflix called Cheeseburger. He blasts the wokes. Bill Burr, probably the second most famous comedian in America right now beyond uh, Dave Chappelle, has a stand-up routine on Netflix. Blasts the wokes. These are major comedians. Some of them you may know, some of you don't know. Probably everybody knows Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and probably Bill Burr. The others maybe not so much. And these are major comedians, all of whom lean to the left, who are vilifying and ridiculing the wokes. Bill Maher on HBO every week now on Real Time blasts the wokes. You can't tell me when liberal comedians are using the wokes as a punchline that this isn't a target, a ripe target for the GOP. I don't care what the USA Today Ipsos online poll of people who volunteer to take the poll who are solicited in a, in a rather non-randomized pool of people. I, I, I don't care what they tell me. The real world evidence is, is the genius of top comedians is they find the things everybody is laughing at privately and they do it publicly. That's one of the geniuses of comedy. You find the stuff people are saying in private that they don't want to say in public and you get on stage and you say it in public and everybody laughs. And they're laughing about the wokes. And now a pivot here. Pivoting is going to be a theme today. Rui Teera, I think I'm saying his name right, is big data analyst for the Democrats, and he's been warning them they have problems. In fact, he thought 2022 was going to go pretty poorly for him towards in, until the end, and uh, he, he called that maybe it wouldn't be so bad that a lot of independent voters were concerned about January 6th. So one of my frustrations with uh, Tucker Carlson isn't so much the, the video he's showing. It's that a lot of voters are ready to move on and pulling the Republicans back into these arguments actually hurt them. But nonetheless, uh, Tierra has this piece, the Democrats coming Asian voter problem has arrived. He writes, in January 2022, I wrote a piece called the Democrats coming Asian voter problems. I said the following. The Democrats' problems with Hispanic voters are at this point well-known and well-documented. But what of Asian voters, the other fast-growing part of the non-white population? A close look at voting trends suggests that here, too, a problem could be emerging. That's what he wrote. And then this, even in 2020, there were signs of defection in congressional races in California and in other local races. Like Hispanics, Asian voters were concerned about public safety and rejected demands to defund the police. Asian voters in California, New York, and Virginia were also upset by the Democrats' support for aggressive affirmative action policies that would be at their expense. Since in gifted and talented high schools and in top-tier colleges, they were enrolled at percentages well above their percentage in the population and would be harmed by the imposition of the kind of quota system Democrats supported. Well, it turns out that in a detailed analysis of Asian voters shifting, it turns out uh, Eastern Asians, that is, Korea, those that touch the Pacific, Vietnam, China, Taiwan, the Philippines, Korea, Japanese, they're shifting rapidly towards the right. Why are they shifting rapidly towards the right? Because of crime and education. Because, I dare say, the wokes. 
The wokes that people say in the USA Today poll is actually some good thing about social injustice. Actually, Hispanic voters and Asian voters are shifting to the GOP in reaction to the wokes. They don't want their kids punished by woke ideology. Because Asian middle class and upper middle class families tend to have lower divorce rates, have more nuclear families, have more family support structure and push their kids harder, their kids do better in school. They get ahead in standardized tests. They get disproportionately high admissions into high co- high standard colleges in the Ivy League. And the result is that the academic wokes at these schools are punishing the Asian kids and trying to suppress their numbers in school. They're disadvantaging them. They get into honors programs in magnet schools and now the left is shutting down honors programs in magnet schools to punish the Asian American community, all because of wokeism, intersectional justice. And the Asian voters from countries that touch the Pacific in particular are reacting by voting Republican. They do not feel safe. The left went all intersectional and woke on anti-Asian hate and crime, and it turns out it is woke Democrats who are the greatest um, inflictors of violence on the Asian American community. And the Asian American population is responding by voting Republican. USA Today Ipsos tells us that most Americans think woke is a good thing. Most Americans believe it's about fighting social injustice. The actual real-world data, the way people actually vote, suggests USA Today Ipsos has it wrong, voters have it right, and they are mad as hell about woke intersectional politics on the left these days, and that only helps Republicans. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's delve a little deeper into this. When you look at what's going on in society around us, uh, there is a, there are more and more trend lines that suggest uh, battling the wokes is actually a good play for the GOP. First of all, I don't know that anyone should trust any data coming from USA Today, given how much they've purged conservatives from their pages and have definitely gone left. It's mighty convenient that USA Today comes up with an online poll, an online poll, didn't actually call people on, on landlines and mobile phones randomly, but just used an online sample to get, oh, no, 51, 52% of Americans think woke means fighting social injustice and it's a good thing. Really? Uh, because the actual surveys of people on landlines and mobile phones who are randomly called says most Americans are growing really tired of the transgender nonsense, and they're really furious with these increased woke protests and intersectionality. Uh, it is, it's probably worth us spending a little bit of time on intersectionality here, just real quick, uh, just to review. Intersectionality is one of the premises of wokeism. Intersectionality means that uh, justice and privilege are measured on a scale based on attributes. Uh, The attributes are your race, your gender, your ethnicity, uh, your sexual orientation, whether or not you are transgender, um, whether or not you have an ability or disability, uh, these sorts of attributes. And white Christian heterosexual men who are married 
are considered the most oppressive class of people based on intersectionality. And, and those who are none of those things are the most oppressed. The problem is, as Asian Americans tend to have lower divorce rates, uh, more nuclear families, higher academic success and achievement, they are increasingly pushed out of the non-white oppressed category into the oppressor category unless they're Indian subcontinent Asians, Bangladeshi, Pakistani, uh, Indian, then they, because of their skin color, according to the intersectionalists, they're still oppressed. It's the Eastern Asians who touch the Pacific who tend to have lighter skin who get lumped with the white people and they have to be denied honors programs and magnet schools. They have to be denied admission into Harvard because they're, they're, they're too disproportionately represented and too academically bright. They're getting punished for their success. They are furious and they've decided to vote Republican as a result. They're tired of affirmative action. It works against them. The entirety of what the left put up as an intersectional uh, paradigm to fight whitey is actually punishing non-white people who the left has now miraculously decided, well, they're actually white. Remember the Trayvon Martin thing and what's his name, George Zimmerman? Who, well, he's actually, he's a, he's a white Hispanic. That's what it is. He's a white Hispanic. And everybody's like, when did this become a thing? Right then and there, they needed it to. That's what's happening. The intersectional spectrum is beginning to break down on the wokes. And the best they've got is USA Today trying to assure people, actually, most Americans, they really like the woke stuff. You Democrats should keep running with it. Yes, I hope you do, because the real world data suggests dramatically opposite what you actually claim is happening in America. Go woke and go broke, Democrats, please. Welcome. Hello. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide. The phone number 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be on the program, I want to. Well, I, I'm, I got a deviation here from what I was going to talk about because my buddy Joe sent me a link to a story I had missed this morning, and I'm disappointed I missed it. Except it's at the Free Press, which I got to start reading regularly. Uh, Barry Wise's site. This is about uh, ESG. Speaking of wokes. The Free Press, uh, Rupa Subramania has a story about ESG. Now, for those of you not familiar, ESG is part of the woke game, the intersectional game. Uh, It is companies investing based on environmental, social, and governance criteria. In other words, uh, you invest in companies that are good for the environment, good for social justice and have diverse governance, uh, enough women, gay, transgender, board of directors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what is turning out more and more is that it's revealing itself to have been the scam you and I knew all along that it was. It was a way to use corporate power to shape uh, culture. And in fact, uh, shareholders are losing value. So just follow along with me here. Uh, do not get Dorian Diome started on the bureaucrats investing his life savings in this trendy newfangled thing they call environmental social governance or ESG funds. He blows up, which is dangerous. He suffered a massive heart attack in May of 2020 at age 38. My heart literally skips a beat when I think about how my money is used to fund actual racism 
he told me. He meant diversity, equity, and inclusion training programs, racially calibrated corporate bonds, the obsession in human resources departments with elevating marginalized voices, even at the expense of white men like Diomi and all the other things that make for ESG compliance. I'm going to say Diom. I think it's probably Diom. But he has zero pull when it comes to how his retirement funds are invested. He's a cog in the machine. Diom lives in Olympia, Washington, and processes unemployment insurance claims for Washington State, for which he's paid $43,000 a year annually. $43,000 a year annually. I said that. It wasn't actually written. (laughs) It's one of those days, people. The Department of Retirement Systems decided where to invest the $178 billion in overseas, and Washington loves ESG. Now, let me just fast forward here to this data point. In 2022, eight of the top 10 actively managed ESG funds in the United States fared worse than the S&P 500's 14.8% decline, compounding long percolating fears that ESG is a ruse. Uh, A prominent venture capitalist on CNBC in February 2020 called it a complete fraud. Uh, Tariq Fancy, who used to oversee ESG investing at BlackRock, published a blog post in August 2021 arguing ESG was just a label the firm slapped on funds to charge higher fees, but they were outliers. Over the past several months, however, the momentum has picked up. Now a growing cadre of executives, lawyers, and Republican officials has taken to lashing out against what it views as social justice parading as a serious investment strategy. The backlash reflects a growing sense that millions of Americans feel ignored by and even at war with the institutions charged with protecting their interests. Former Attorney General William Barr, who served under Donald Trump, told me ESG is a form of extortion that is forcing companies to take particular actions, whether or not those actions are in the financial interest of shareholders. What's most disturbing about ESG, Attorney General Barr told me, is the way it's being implemented. It's completely non-transparent, and that, to me, that's the worst. That is affecting a lot of decisions in corporate America in a non-transparent way because of the political predilections or the policy predilections of a small group of people who are not using their own money but leveraging off other people's money. It's a major breakdown of um, investment strategies where people use your money to force corporations to enact social justice change. And there's a backlash. And again, the data point from this USA Today poll is that most Americans support this stuff. But the actual data of actual Americans who are actually operating in society suggests otherwise. It doesn't appear on the ground outside of polling that most Americans back this stuff. There's a huge backlash to it. Listen, when liberal comedians are using the wokes as the butt of their jokes and the entire crowd is laughing, you can't tell me that a majority of Americans support wokeism. When it's liberal, it's not just Bill Maher. When it's Dave Chappelle, when it's Bill Burr, when it's Andrew Santino, when it's Neil Brennan, when it's Chris Rock, when it, when it is Bill Maher, all of these people together, some of the most famous stand-up comedians on the planet, when they are battling, bashing, attacking, and laughing at and mocking political correctness and wokeism, that tells me society itself isn't down with the agenda despite what some pollster concocts. 
And we can transition all of that into this story because it actually does relate. Sarah Sanders, the governor of Arkansas, has signed a sweeping education bill. In a major legislative victory for Arkansas's new governor, Sarah Sanders, on Wednesday, signed the LEARNS Act into law, making the state the latest to adopt what she calls a system-changing universal school voucher program, which critics warn could decimate the public school system. Sanders' signature at the state capitol in Little Rock comes 16 days after the 144-page bill was introduced. I'm not interested in being a caretaker of the failed status quo. I vowed to be a change maker for our people, she tweeted ahead of the signing. Today, I am delivering on that promise and will sign into law my transformational education plan, unleashing a new era of freedom, opportunity, and prosperity for all. It passed the state Senate 26 to 8 and in the House 78 to 21. It's not alone in Arkansas. It's the fifth state. Arizona, Iowa, Utah, West Virginia, now Arkansas, have now enacted uh, universal school choice programs. That's in the last two years. Supporters of school choice say the vouchers or education freedom accounts, as they're called under Sanders, allow taxpayers to support students, not systems, in redirecting public funds to private schools. Of course, the teachers' unions hate them. Why is this such a big move? It's a big move because public schools are failing our kids and being used as tools of indoctrination. Yesterday, there was a report I mentioned very briefly. It's in uh, Long Island, New York, in a conservative enclave, in a conservative county that where were everybody's Republican. I know it's New York, but out of Long Island, they got a lot of Republicans. And in this conservative enclave of a conservative county of one of the few conservative parts of the state, a local teacher in a public school helped an elementary school child under fifth grade transition without the parents knowing it. The, the parents alleged the teacher pushed the kid into doing it, the, uh, allowing the, the little girl to act as a boy in school, to take a boy's name, to behave like a boy, to play with the boys, to be treated like a boy in class, and then outside of school go back to normal life as a girl. The parents had no knowledge of it until the child started acting out and uh, started, started being self-destructive. And they discovered what the teacher was doing. This is happening all over the country. It's happening all over the country. Parents are scared for their kids in public schools. They want out. They saw the teachers' unions force schools to shut down during COVID. And now those same teachers' unions are saying, it wasn't us. We never recommended it. Don't believe your lying eyes. Don't believe what you read from us. Don't believe what you heard from us. We didn't want schools shut down. It was the Republicans. That's literally, the teachers unions are arguing it was Republicans who shut down the schools. And so now there's been a backlash. In Virginia, they wish they had real school choice. Some of the things those public schools did. Remember in Virginia, it was one of the northern Virginia counties. The school board chastised parents when it learned parents during school lockdowns were hiring private tutors because they told the parents that you're giving your children an unfair disadvantage over those who can't afford the tutor. Shame on you. 
Florida is now looking at expanding its school voucher program. There's legislation in Florida that would expand its school choice access, make it available even more. Florida's kind of the gold standard. It's the one that did it the most. Uh, If you like school choice, say something nice about Jeb Bush. He's the one who came up with the idea, and it has swept through Republican states. In Georgia, the state Senate has now passed legislation that would expand school choice for the poorest kids out there. It was the Republicans who were the obstacle. There's actually a Democrat support for school choice in Georgia. It was Republicans who were blocking it, uh, and those Republicans who blocked it were willing to go along with it so long as it only benefited very poor kids. At least it's a trial run to show that it would actually work. This is the civil rights issue of our day. It's not a coincidence Republicans are starting to see Hispanic and Asian voters move their direction. It's not a coincidence we're seeing younger black men move more and more to the GOP. Nationwide, this phenomenon is happening because of jobs and crime and also education. Parents saw what was happening to their kids on Zoom calls during lockdown. Lockdown, for all of the bad, this is one of the silver linings of lockdown. It forced parents who otherwise don't have to pay attention to it to see what's actually going on with their kids in school. Some parents saw that their kids were actually doing great in school and had great teachers. A lot of parents saw what a scam it actually is. How much indoctrination and not education was involved. How much basic learning skills were no longer there. I mean, still, for Pete's sake, they don't teach your kid how to balance a checkbook in in, uh, high school. They want to teach your kid about the gender unicorn. School choice is a growing movement. Republican states, including mine in Georgia, need to get on board. Others as well. Expand these programs. You lock in the future for the GOP. This is one of the major reasons Florida has become such a Republican state. Democrats continually in Florida campaign on reining in Jeb Bush's school choice program. And so more and more voters vote Republican in Florida because they want to save their school choice program. Democrats can't help themselves. They're so committed to the idea that we must save the public schools that are failing our kids that they don't want to save the kids. They want to save the schools. They want to save the institutions, not the individuals involved in those institutions. And those individuals are starting to have a backlash against the schools. It's a good thing for the GOP to pursue school choice around the country. It actually is a winning issue for them with non-white families. We can see it with Asian families. We see it with Hispanic families. We see it with younger black families in Florida, in Arizona, in now Arkansas, in Iowa, all these states are seeing generational shifts towards the GOP because the GOP has decided that education, good education, outside of public schools should be a priority. The date is there if you care to look. Sarah Sanders in Arkansas is the latest to do this. The legislation compiled, it's kind of a a uniform piece of legislation that states can embrace. Sailed through the legislature in 16 days, overwhelming support. And then I look at my poor state of Georgia where it's the Republicans who are the opponents to school choice. They don't care about winning elections. They run scared of the critics in their local newspapers. Or so many of them have family members who work in public schools. They really have embraced the idea it would hurt the public schools. They don't care about the kids who are their constituents. They care about other things that they shouldn't be caring about. 
The GOP will be left behind in a place like Georgia if they don't get on board something like school choice meaningfully. They will be left behind. The state demographically will shift. Florida stopped its shift to the left that it would have undergone because it embraced this. And these other states, I mean, you're already seeing the public turn against Katie Hobbs in Arizona because she's vowed to roll school choice back. It just got enacted, and she's already vowing to roll it back. And you're seeing the polling shift dramatically against her as a result. This is a winning issue. If only the Republicans got smart. But... Never expect the stupid party to ever get bright. Now, you know, Patreon Mobile, if you move your business to them, they're actually giving money to parents to run for local school board offices against Wokes. And thus far, they've got a 100% win record, which is incredible for an organization its size. Patriot Mobile, it's a cell phone provider run by Christian conservatives, and they give you guaranteed great service. In fact, your cell phone company you use right now probably uses the same cell towers Patriot Mobile uses, and you can take your phone number from your existing company, give it to Patriot Mobile, still keep your phone number, get their guaranteed great service, and then they take a portion of their profits and give it to parents running for school boards. They give it to the Second Amendment movement, the pro-life movement, to other conservative causes. They grow the conservative movement, and it's really easy to do. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can actually put in your home address. It'll zoom into your house and show you their guaranteed great service, 5G, data, voice, you name it. Or you can also call them 972-PATRIOT and tell them I sent you. You get free activation. You're dealing with 100% U.S.-based customer service. They give you great discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, an NRA member. You got a lot of lines because you got multiple kids who need phones. Patriot Mobile can help you. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today or call them at 972-PATRIOT and tell them I sent you. Get free activation, guaranteed great service. You're doing business with a company that shares your values. And as they grow their profits with your help, they then spend more on the conservative causes you care about. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here. Don't forget to sign up for the daily email. In fact, if you're a subscriber to the email today, you got an in-depth deep dive of my time with the top Republican donors uh, out West this past weekend. Now we'll talk about some of that in the third hour today. Right now, I want to jump to Rick. You're gonna be up first. Welcome, Rick. Hey, Eric. Um, like I told the screener, we, uh, we homeschooled our two kids through high school. And it was such an incredible experience. It, it broke my heart to see so many people without that option. But with right. this confluence of daycare costs and driving to and from work and remote working and the loss of any kind of reliable um, teaching experience where it just turns into basically daycare for middle schoolers and daycare for high schoolers, it is so exciting to see people having to stop and think about uh, homeschooling because it's really possible for many more people than they thought. You know, that's a, it's a really good point. Uh, I know a family, well, and you know, I, I shouldn't say I know a family because I do, but also that was my wife's and my situation. We wound up not homeschooling our, our kids to uh, an extent. However, we did run the numbers and it turns out we were essentially paying my wife's salary for daycare. And I mean, every penny she made was going to do daycare. And she was finally like, why am I working when I could stay home with the kids and get them ready for school instead of paying money 
uh, for an extra paycheck that 100% of it's going to daycare. And and we made that decision. And thankfully, I, I, I switched jobs and, and made a little more money and it worked. But I, I've actually got, got a good friend who is in that situation where they just decided they were they were tired of dealing with the stuff in school. They could make it work. Uh, it wound up being more practical than they realized. And now more and more states are actually giving you tax deductions uh, for school supplies and things like that for homeschooling. It, it just, it, the math works for probably more people. Now, the question is, do you actually want to do it? I will tell you during lockdown, uh, when our kids were home, my wife decided that she would be on death row for murdering her child if she had to continue homeschooling the kid. She and my son and math, God help us. It was like uh, the immovable object and the unstoppable force colliding on a daily basis. It's my daughter and I were in a bomb shelter every day during math. (laughs) Weren't cut out for the homeschool stuff on our side. God bless those of you who are.